Welcome back to the show. For those of you just joining us, this is the Bulls and the Bears presented by Online Trading Academy, the most trusted name in financial education. A little bit more than halfway through. Um, you know, we've had a lot to talk about, but I told you that we were going to approach this um, this paradigm shift. Yeah, kind of what the how the markets have changed over the last 20, 30 years. Yeah, and and the markets have changed. And if you're not if you're not in sync with the paradigm shift, then you get left behind. Uh, so um, when I was much younger, I was trained as a value investor. Mm-hmm. All right, and well into the early 2000s, I, I swore by the value investing. Now, the truth is, is that there was a paradigm shift right about 1995, 1996 in the markets uh, that we didn't recognize fast enough. And I certainly didn't recognize fast enough. All right. It was a paradigm shift away from value and into um, in, into more of a growth mindset, um, but uh, also away from the value calculations and into a paradigm where price was simply set by buyers and sellers. Mm-hmm. All right. Before that, you could really take a calculator out or slide rule, depending on how old you are. <laughs> All right. And, and abacus. Yeah. Just and, abacus. <laughs> <laughs> and you could go through a calculation as to, you know, uh, the company assets and the company, um, the company revenues and maybe some forward revenues and come up with a pretty close approximation of where the price of the stock was selling at at that point. And it was, it was a lot more predictive uh, than, it, than all of a sudden it became after the paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the thing is, is that paradigm shifts come when something in the market changes. In 1996, we had a massive change in the market uh, that we kind of didn't expect. Okay. So before 1996, you wanted to trade or wanted to invest. You had to call up your broker and the broker would actually call up somebody who would then call up somebody who would call up, who, who got to somebody who owned a seat on the, on the, uh, you know, on one of the, the floors. trading floors. Yeah. And then they would go down and have somebody go down, I suppose, and trade for you. They, they would buy whatever it was. During that process, the broker, because they had the exact same information I did, and they went through the same calculation that I did, they had the same price number in mind as to what that stock should be worth. And therefore, the ask and and the offer were pretty close to the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so if you look back in time and you're looking at the charts, you'll see that there was very little variation in the markets compared to today. Yeah, today is, is ridiculous. But all of a sudden in 1996, we see, you know, the candles where they used to be very small and the wicks would be very small. All of a sudden you see these candles just jumping up and, and they're, they're becoming, you know, large enough to say, oh, that actually does look like a candle with two wicks on the end, mm-hmm. even on a monthly chart, right? Um, and, and what happened there was all of the sudden you didn't have to call a broker anymore. You could just log onto your computer and... And with a couple strokes of a, a key, you could make an offer, you know, to buy something without having any idea what the calculation to, you know, was for that particular stock. And so because everything is simply priced where you've got a buyer and a seller that have an agreement, if somebody came in and wanted to buy something and they were offering me a lot of money for it, I'd think, well, yeah, I'll take that, mm-hmm. which is kind of what happened. And it, it confused a lot of the value investors. But all of a sudden, we went from a period where the average P.E. ratio was 15, this price over earnings, right, was 15 into where the average ratio sits just below 30. Which is, yeah, it's, it's a huge increase. Yeah, 
Um, and so that was a paradigm shift. And if you didn't understand that, then you were sitting back there being very frustrated, trying to value invest and value trade. And you would see the valuations get high enough that you weren't seeing any deals in the markets for years at a time, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and, and now you have this this paradigm that has shifted since about 2009-ish, yeah. where the Federal Reserve is making it so easy to well, borrow money. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, not, this, not that's, right that's now, the shift, but the right? last yeah. 13-ish years, right. it was very easy to borrow money, which made it really easy for companies to right. borrow money and grow and grow fast. Well, in fact, you were kind of punished as a company if you weren't taking money. Exactly, because everybody else was. Yeah, and because, they were growing out way out faster than you. Well, not only that, but the rates were at zero, close to zero, right? Yeah. So you could borrow 0.25. money. Yeah, you could borrow money for less than inflation. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. Right? Uh, the inflation itself is going to pay for it. So why not, why not take the money? It's almost, it's free money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, corporations were getting into massive amounts of debt because they could grow very quickly with all of this cash. And this was especially important um, to, and, and now this didn't help as much the companies that, uh, that their, where their growth really depended upon market share, mm-hmm. right? Um, for Procter & Gamble, there's only so many people out there buying soap. I mean, everybody buys soap, but yeah. only at a certain rate. But there's a lot of other companies that sell soap. Right. Where you looked at Tesla, when Tesla first came around, there was really nobody else selling electric vehicles. Right. So they had kind of blue water territory. Yeah. Right? Um, and And therefore... If they got enough backing, then they could develop a product fast enough and with, uh, I, I don't know, professionally enough, something that was usable enough to attract a lot of attention. And therefore, they could grow very quickly into something where during normal times, it would have taken years and years and years to become profitable. Mm-hmm. They could reach profit much faster because they had enough initial uh, initial money to to buy the kind of time it takes to get there and, and shortcut the process. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we saw that, that all of the sudden these tech and growth stocks became the flavor of the day. That's the paradigm. Now, if you want to do well, if you want to, uh, you know, if you're going to get in and expect growth in the market, then you're going to be looking at growth stocks. Um, and, and that was the paradigm. Yeah. Now we're looking at a new paradigm and the shift here. All right. So the shift back in 2000 was the democratization of, of the markets mm-hmm. where anybody could get in. You didn't have to be a trained professional. And that readjusted the prices, what people were willing to buy and sell at. Yeah. Because they didn't have calculations. They had no idea. So they a, would buy and gamble. sell just wherever yes. their gut yeah. told them to do it. Right. All right. And then came the growth stocks because of this cheap money. And now the cheap money is going away because the you know Federal Reserve has said, all right, we've got to stop this and we're going to tighten, uh, tighten everything and keep it tightened for a long time until we know that everything is just dead. Mm-hmm. Inflation is dead. And the interest rates take at a long time. What four point seven five now? Four point seven five. Well, that was before the quarter you know interest rate, and they they would want to take it up to five point four is mm-hmm. I think their target over this year. Uh, so we have some more rate increases in front of us. <laughs> mm. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> at, at any rate, um, so, you know, now that they've indicated that all of that free money is going away, we're likely to have another paradigm shift. And it's going to be a paradigm shift away. It's, gonna, it's going to hamper the growth of these growth companies. You know, before easy money, it would take companies years to get to a place of profitability. And even if they had a good IPO, uh, take Rivian, for example, right? Mm-hmm. 
Rivian is on the brink of, it's been on the brink of, of bankruptcy several times now. Even though it's <laughs> backed by Amazon. Even though, yeah. Right? Yeah. And yet they're still on that edge. But that's only over the last couple of years. Before that, it was growing very quickly and it was getting to a place where it could be looking at profitability, but that's likely going to be stretched out now. And therefore, as their profits aren't going to be suggesting that the company should do well, um, here in the near future, people are going to get bored with it, not see the difference between that and anything else and start migrating away because it's not really doing anything. It's not blowing out anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, month over month, quarter over quarter, year over year. Yeah. It's kind of boring. Yeah. It becomes boring. And, and really, is it ever going to really make it into profit? Well, and a lot of people years. like the market to be moving. And so if something's not moving, they're like, well, it's not worth it. I want to go do something else. Right. So you get less money invested in you. Right. And when you have a little bit more boring all across the board, then people tend to shift more towards dividends. Because, mm-hmm. hey, at least I can get something out of that, even if it's going sideways, right? Yeah. So we're in a period where, according to Warren Buffett, we're going to have 10 years, a decade of, of just kind of sideways motion. We're not, we're not going to really see a lot of growth. Um, and during that time... Uh, we're not going to, if we're not going to see growth stocks being very exciting, then, you know, it's likely that we'll probably see a return and a paradigm shift, maybe back towards things like dividends. Hmm. Just a guess, but yeah, I, you know, we're certainly setting up that way. What we do know is that if we're not going to have easy money, then the paradigm shift that we did have back in 2009 can no longer be sustained. Mm-hmm. So we're in, we're in for some change. I think that's the point. And change is not bad as long as you know how to trade. That's exactly right. (laughs) All right. Um, So with that, we're going to get to one more thing when we get back. But in the meantime, we have to take a break. And during the break, you can give us a call and get registered into one of our three-hour power trading and investing workshops and actually figure out how to handle this paradigm shift. All right. What do the professionals do? So when we get back, we'll talk more about that. In the meantime, give us a call and get registered for one of these classes they're good for everybody. I don't care how long you've been trading. There's really not, not bad information that we're giving and you might learn something new. Mm-hmm. All right. So come in and get a little bit more information. If you want more, Hey, great. We'll teach you more. All right. Uh, but, uh, the number to get into one of those classes, 8448 trader, that's eight four four eight eight seven twenty three thirty seven, or text, text the word wealth to 25029. That's wealth to 25029. We'll see you after the break. 